The greatest strength of the Hulk is his anger. In his anger, he finds strength because he's able to control such anger and use it for good. Right, and look at our society where yeah. we fear anger. And mm -hmm. oftentimes when anger is portrayed or demonstrated, it becomes a fearful emotion. Yes. And people get scared of it. And not even just that people, each individual does because the way that they're thinking about it is that it's problematic, mm -hmm. opposed to it being a reaction in a way that is going to help or save you. Yes. So, yes, I get that we're speaking about superheroes, mm -hmm. but point being for me is that that is what's going on inside, inside of us. Mm -hmm. There are super people inside of us, and it's just figuring out how to connect with those signs to let us know when it's time to rally. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash edtalks and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. So download a free trial today and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash edtalks. We'll get you on this show, talk about your dreams, aspirations, goals, whatever you want to discuss that's going to help somebody get better. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Unlimited Power Show. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Dr. Dara Bushman. So, Dr. Dara Bushman, nice to meet you today. Pleasure. So, one thing I always say is that I don't introduce people because I believe that the best impression is made by every individual themselves. Why don't you give us a quick little introduction about you and your purpose in life? My purpose. My purpose starts every morning when I wake up and see my three-year-old and my five-year-old, they are my why and my reason to do the work that I do. I am a clinical psychologist and my practice is in Pembroke Pines, Florida, which is Broward County, just south of here. And I have my practice and I also do a lot of work outside of my practice. I work with a lot of athletes yes. and I work with a lot of people who have endured and experienced trauma as well as eating disorders. To me, everybody has different perspectives and it's really about the perspectives that they've undergone and the experiences they've had that, that morph that and create that for people. And everybody goes through experiences and it's bio-individuality. What works for one person doesn't work for another person. So yes. how I was brought up was different than how anybody else was brought up. I was um, brought up in Coral Springs, Florida, and I played competitive tennis, and I played through college, and to me, that's always the, the premise and the foundation of 
the work that I do, knowing that there's an inner champion inside of me and there's an inner champion inside of anyone. Yes. So whether I'm working with a man or a woman, an athlete, a professional, anybody inside of them, there is an inner champion that is just looking for the light to be free and for to be the best person that they can be. So how did you start to get that inner champion out yourself from some a young age? You know, because I relate to your story. I feel like I've always had this inner drive, inner champion, inner ambition within me to, 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 to do something outside myself or just push myself. How do you think that derived within your character? Within my character, I think it started at the bottom, to be honest. Being an athlete, I was never at the top. Part of my story is being at the bottom of the top. I always trained and played and practiced with very high caliber athletes. Yes. And I was always at the bottom, so I was always thinking that I was not so great, but I just was not so great among a group that was so awesome. So yeah. it took many years to get my stride, and I think back um, when I worked with a sports psychologist as a young child, perhaps this is the message that they gave me. The message they gave me was strong enough that led me to the path that I'm on now, but I was scared of being nervous. Yeah. And that's something I find in athletes and in, in people is the way that they're thinking about things. So when I would play tennis, I would be mortified. I would literally be, be shaking when it was time to go onto the court or even when I was on the court. And I remember that feeling. And I remember the thinking behind it that I was doing something wrong or there was something wrong with me if I was feeling that nervous. And one of the messages that's most important to me with working with people is letting them know that that is such a normal feeling. In fact, if they weren't feeling normal, I would be, I'm sorry, if they weren't feeling nervous, I would be more concerned. Because that onset of those nerves or those physiological feelings that somebody is experiencing is the mind's way and the body's response to strengthening, yes. to being ready to perform. And so once that shift happened for me, the whole world opened up. So the idea prior was, I'm nervous, something's wrong, I, I must not be good at this. And then recognizing, I feel nervous, I'm excited, this means I'm ready, yes. and I'm getting strong, completely shifted for me. I mean, I think of superheroes. Mm -hmm. When Superman shows up, yes. how does he know to put on his superhero costume? He doesn't. I mean, you see Superman hanging out, and what is he usually wearing? Regular clothes. Yes. So. When Superman's in regular clothes, something happens that triggers him and lets him know that it's time for him to get ready to save the world. So something physiological happens. Back in the day, he might have gotten a page on his beeper <laughs> or a Superman phone. Yes. But once that happens, his heart rate would start to increase. And once the heart rate starts to increase, then the body engages in other things to strengthen it. Well, as we see in The Incredible Hulk, right? He completely zaps out of his clothes and becomes superhuman and becomes so strong and takes care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Well, I believe that we all have that part of us. And once those physiological symptoms start happening, it's letting us know that we are ready to perform and go save the world. Wow. So Superman has an intuitive nature that allows him to become Superman. I mean, well, not to become Superman, he already is. Right. But to, to portray his power towards the world by putting the right suit into his exterior Correct. so that he goes out to the world and saves people. Yeah. The Hulk, however, his anger yes. sparks in him and he's like, and out of that anger comes a lot of power. But, but he's mastering such anger as well because mm -hmm. the greatest strength of the Hulk
is his anger. In his anger, he finds strength because he's able to control such anger and use it for good. Right, and look at our society where yeah. we fear anger. And mm -hmm. oftentimes when anger is portrayed or demonstrated, it becomes a fearful emotion. Yes. And people get scared of it. And not even just that people, each individual does because the way that they're thinking about it is that it's problematic, mm -hmm. opposed to it being a reaction in a way that is going to help or save you. Yes. So, yes, I get that we're speaking about superheroes, mm -hmm. but point being for me is that that is what's going on inside of us. Mm -hmm. There are super people inside of us, and it's just figuring out how to connect with those signs to let us know when it's time to rally. So signs and emotions. So what role does emotions play in our lives in, in bringing the best version of ourselves out? And how do we use certain emotions to help our lives thrive? Well, I think first and foremost is knowing that feelings are not facts. Where people get challenged or stuck often is they get stuck in a feeling. Yes. thinking that they're feeling a certain way, therefore there's a sense of meaning, that that meaning of the feeling becomes their identity. Yes. We're the only life form that goes around feeling frustrated. If a rabbit is eating carrots and a fox comes along, what does a rabbit do? It stops eating the carrots. Yes. And the moment the fox leaves, what does the rabbit go back to doing? Eating the carrots. Right? And the, and the rabbit's not sitting around going, oh, do you think that fox thinks I'm fat because I'm eating the carrots? Or what did the fox think of me? Or when is the fox going to come back? Mm -hmm. The rabbit just goes right back to eating its, its carrots. Mm -hmm. So we're the only life form with preoccupation. Yeah. Hence, you never see birds dive bombing into trees. Yeah. You only see humans fumbling over each other and falling over our yes. own feet because we have this preoccupation in our mind. So when it comes to emotions, emotions are what they are. Fear and anger are physiological responses to perceived threat. Yes. So it's about perception. So emotions are perception. You and I can go outside to the parking lot right now and there could be a lot of people yes. and our interpretation of what's going on could be completely different. And if we were to be in the parking lot and a car were to go into another car, we would also each have a different experience. Mm -hmm. In fact, it would have to do with the way that our mind mm -hmm. codes what's going on. Mm -hmm. Or what angle we saw the accident. Exactly, exactly, because you and I could go outside right now and I could ask you different questions about cars and you wouldn't even notice them, but if one pummeled right into the other one, all of a sudden you would be describing to me in great description, the blue truck went here and did that. Yeah. So our mind automatically codes hence most people call them memories, yes. codes and puts things in our mind so that we, we remember things. Yeah. Well, our minds are like a camera. Mm -hmm. Would you take a picture? The picture is taken based on the light. The exciting pixels is yes. what it holds onto. I always think of the old cameras, the black box cameras, back in the day when mm -hmm. that's what it was doing. It was allowing light into it. Yes. It's still doing the same thing, but they're very fancy now with our, mm -hmm. our iPhones. But that's how our minds work. Our minds hold on to vivid light. Yes. So memorable experiences. Mm -hmm. 
Just like if I say to you, tell me the name of your kindergarten teacher, you would say to me, I don't know. <laughs> not so much. But if I said to you, well, what about one of your high school teachers' names? Who's your so favorite I, high school teacher? And it was Miss Roth. Miss Roth. And do you remember what Miss Roth was wearing the first day of school? No idea. Right. But you remember if she showed up I remember naked, she looked really good. She was really she was, good. She dressed really nice most right. of the time. So she left an impression yes. for you. So there was data, there were memories that yes. were collected about that situation. But you did not wake up this morning thinking about Mrs. Roth. No, I didn't. No, not at all. And <laughs> you probably won't go back to sleep or go to sleep tonight thinking about her either. Mm -mm. But your mind categorizes different memories, data that's come in. Yes. So emotion is emotion. It doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything we have to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it's part of our culture and our society of always thinking that we have to do something with it. Even going back to talking about the nerves that I might have experienced as a young tennis player. Mm -hmm. The idea behind it was little Dara thinking there was something she needed to do with it or there was something wrong with her. They were just nerves. Yeah. They were just signaling that body was ready to perform. So it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. We like that. So hence, if we're giving that message, hey, nerves are normal. Nerves yes. are good. Nerves are what gets Superman to go save the day. Mm -hmm. Nerves are what is increasing the Hulk's anger yes. and <laughs> going to help the Hulk get done yeah. what needs to get done. Yeah. So feelings fade unless re-stimulated. Mm -hmm. And that's part of what goes on too. We may feel an emotion, but if I feel an emotion and all I do is talk about the emotion, what happens? I feel it more. Yeah. So I feel sad and I go tell everybody I know how sad I am. Before long, I feel even sadder. Yes. Because that's the way that our mind, our mind works. Yeah, that's true. Just like if I said, I want you to think of a pink elephant. Got it? Yeah. Now stop thinking of that pink elephant. I'm still thinking about it. You're still thinking about it. So mind draws where we move it towards. So what happens often is we get stuck on emotions and thinking there's something that needs to be done with it. Mm -hmm. And that often leads to the preoccupation that gets stuck for people. Mm. So we get stuck in emotions. Does emotions get stuck in our bodies? That's a great question. Yes, because there's a physiological response that happens, so our body holds onto it in a physical way. Hence, muscular tension, mm -hmm. uh, right right away, your neck gets tight. Yeah. People give me somatic concerns. What's interesting to me is people will tell me, my head hurts, my stomach hurts. I, li I have a pain in my neck. Yes. So somatically, they're, ex they're explaining what is happening in their bodies. Yeah, or anger, like pain in the butt, you know, because <laughs> anger is stored in the rear area. Yeah. So things like that is that emotions, there's a, there's a direct correlation between the psychology and the physiology. Mm -hmm. So how have you seen that occur in extreme circumstances within your practice? Have anyone like suffered from disease because they were like uh, worrying and had a lot of anxiety? How does that how does those two come together? Oh. Like, have you experienced that before? Yeah, I don't think they don't not come together, yeah. right? Because I. These two are connected, yeah. the head, the heart, the body, mm -hmm. everything working together. You know, going back and thinking about the body, what's so interesting to me is if you and I went back out to the parking lot yes. right now and there was a car that ran into another car and I saw a little animal in the way. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, my superhero costume comes out and I go and I 
rescue the little girl. Yes. I go and rescue the little girl and you and I come back here and I'm just telling you about the story and you just keep staring at my arm. And I'm saying, what, what are you looking at? Mm -hmm. And I'm just talking and talking and talking. And yes. you're like, but Dara, your arm, it's bleeding. It's, it's severed. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I look down and I notice then that my arm is hurt. And then I go, ow! There's a response. Mine goes where it feels that it has the most sense of urgency. In that moment, every other part of my body stopped functioning in a way to get done what needed to get done. Mm -hmm. And then once I was brought to my awareness, then I experienced discomfort. So that's what's going on with emotions and how emotions are affecting us physiologically and physically. So athletes come to me all the time and they'll tell me that they feel so nervous that they throw up before a competition and they can't understand it. Or the biggest joke in the locker rooms is what, that an athlete has diarrhea mm -hmm. or they can't go to the bathroom or they're feeling bloated, right? So there's all this potty talk going on about when they're going to compete which isn't much different that's going on in our life. A person comes and says, I have this huge presentation and I just, I just feel sick to my stomach. Mm -hmm. I haven't eaten all day. Mm -hmm. Well, what's going on is that body goes where it needs to first and foremost. So if mind is seeing something as a sense of danger or imminency, it's gonna go there first. Therefore, it neglects the other sources or the other departments of your body, if mm -hmm. you will call them. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling nervous about this tennis match that I have, well, its first priority is not about the digestion of my lunch. Yeah. So I'm experiencing heartburn or stomach ache or whatever may be going on because my mind doesn't know the difference between whether something is good or bad. Physiological symptoms are yeah. physiological symptoms. Yeah. If I say to you, guess what? I have a surprise for you. Not only do we get to hang out together, but I have two tickets to go to Hawaii tomorrow you'd be pretty jazzed up. Yeah. It's all expense paid, and you get to bring whoever you want to go. Let's go. You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm pumped and up to go. You're pumped up. And what's happening when you're pumped up? You, even just yeah. now, you yeah, got excited. My, my, my physiology change. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. Right, your heart rate increased. Yeah, exactly. You might even start sweating, might even start yelling. You probably won't sleep tonight because you won't know which bathing suit to bring with you, right? right? Like, you're all excited, not knowing what to pack. So the same things are happening now. Unfortunately, if I was to call somebody up and tell them some news that might be disturbing for them, they would experience the same physiological symptoms. But mine doesn't know, mm -hmm. as we think that we're so advanced, yeah. but really our minds are very primitive. We think that we've developed as far as we have, but our autonomic nervous system is similar to m many other life forms. Mm -hmm. And they're having the same response, just like that fox or that the rabbit was having to the fox. Yeah. So mm -hmm. body doesn't know or mind doesn't know that it's responding to a positive or a negative situation. Mm -hmm. It just knows that it's responding. Okay. And when it's responding, it's gonna go where it has the most need. Mm -hmm. So once again, if somebody is experiencing high emotionality, it is, ex affecting them physiologically and throughout their bodies and so that is causing different problems with nerves and anxiety so people present to me with saying that they feel anxious or they sometimes even feel depressed sometimes the depression is caused from the intense amount of anxiety that they've experienced or they may have 
different things come up that they feel stuck and memories might be stuck for their head. Mm -hmm. But they're feeling that they're not getting where they want to get yeah. in their life and experiencing their best self. And what would you say is the main causes of anxiety? Well, the way that mind has been thinking about things, the way okay. that mind has been reading the data. Mm -hmm. what, can we, what can we do about it? We can dismantle it. I think of anxiety like a big grandfather clock. If you had a big, complicated, very intricate grandfather clock, and we were to take out one gear out yes. of the whole clock, what would happen? It would not proper, work properly. It would not work. So although anxiety can seem very difficult to dismantle, it's very simple. Because if we take, because of it being so complicated, if we take one component out of it, it no longer works. And the way that our minds typically are working around anxiety is thinking that something needs to be done. Mind is reading an old situation as being current. Because mm -hmm. what is being anxious? It's not being present. If, yes. I'm, if I'm anxious, I'm thinking about something that has happened before. Or something that might happen later. Correct. I'm not right here. But right now is something happening. No. Mm -hmm. But our minds are very thrifty at thinking of things in a global kind of way. Mm -hmm thinking that it's all-encompassing. Mm -hmm. So would you say like the being present is, an, is an, uh, an important aspect of dealing with anxiety? Because in this book, The Power of Now, go check it out. I just thought I should give out some book suggestions. It it, this book had a, changed my life, changed a, a great thing, great thought pattern, mm -hmm. is that every day we can literally look at it as if there's one moment to live and that there isn't a past or a present. Mm -hmm. That every circumstance is either the present now, sure. the past present, and the present to come. Yes. So how important is the presence of yourself and being present in your, circum um, your actual circumstances in our lives? You know, and how important is that? Well, how, how important it could it not be? Yeah. Right? Because even we mentioned earlier, birds don't run into each other. They don't, they don't jam into trees. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones doing that because of the preoccupation that we're having, thinking about what has happened or what will happen. Yeah, but, but, you, but birds live by instinct. Mm -hmm. You know, the birds, they, they know they fly from, from east to west. They know to fly across and get their food. They do it by instinct. You know, a lion goes after the gazelle every day because they do it by instinct. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, us, we run into trees because we have a decision to choose. But we're still operating on instinct just the same. And isn't what it, instincts are those? Well, isn't it an instinctual when you get up and go to the bathroom? Isn't it instinctual when you wake up and yeah. wash your face or do different things? They're learned behaviors, yes. but there's still components of instinct. Mm -hmm. There was some instinct that drew you to have a conversation yes. with me today. Yes. So often what's happening is we're getting caught outside of mm -hmm. ourselves opposed to going and, and responding off of yeah. our instinct. You know, people ask me, what kind of work do you do and how is the how do you practice differently than other psychologists? Yes. And often I will say to them, well, I am national board certified as um, a hypnotherapist, right? And I also am trained in rapid resolution therapy. And rapid resolution therapy is what's getting people fast, effective shifts in the time that I'm spending with them. Yes. And people say, well, how is that happening? And if you do hypnosis, am, am I not going to know what's going on? And I explain to them that working with them, I feel that I'm taking them out of a hypnotic state. Mm. Being in a hypnotic state is not being in the present. 
I mean, I don't know about you, yes. but I frequently go to drive somewhere and before I know it, I miss my turn. Yeah. Or I go up the stairs to get something and I can't even remember what, what I went to go get. Well, I don't think I intended for that to happen. What was going on was below the level of conscious awareness for me in that moment. So my work is taking people out of a hypnotic state and bringing them present so that they are aware and taking what's going on in the background for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of working with people like clearing out the apps on their phone. You know how yeah. you have um, your apps mm -hmm. open and you can't download a new message yeah. or you can't, nothing's going to come through. Well, for me, the job is to clear that out. So if that's cleared out, then mind is open to receiving new information. Mm. So it's that, that those old apps yes. that are getting in the way of yep. the new information. So mm -hmm. instinctually, mm -hmm. it's all there. Mm -hmm. It's the other static around yeah. it yeah. that's getting in the way. So if it's about the power of now, yeah. now is what's going on. But it's not at a conscious level that these things are going on. Because if I saw a guy and he was on a Bluetooth mm -hmm. and he was shaking it because he wanted to listen to another song, yeah. I would say, hey guy, you've got to go change it at the source. You've got to go change your phone to change that, that song. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on for us. People know what they're thinking and what they're feeling. Just like someone says, go get happy. They're trying to get happy, but where that switch is not getting flicked to be happy is below the level of conscious awareness. Some people are not aware of what they're actually saying and how they're programming themselves. And the one thing you said is that app, the application clearing out the apps. You know, we become in a hypnotic state mm -hmm. because we programmed our lives um, to focus on certain things. Yes. So would you say that has a play? the programming of yourself how does that play into the instinctively the, the the things we do by instinct how does your programming oh it's stuck it's getting people stuck yeah right that's why people when they say they want to lose some weight it's not about the weight it's mm -hmm. what's going on at a deeper level that's getting in their way of that shifting for them so it's shifting perspective yes. about the way they've been thinking about it mm -hmm. so if somebody is coming in and they're anxious about something it's helping them understand the way that their mind has been working. It's often not what people are thinking. It's the way they've been thinking about what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Right? So I might be upset, and me being upset is not problematic. Mm -hmm. It's the whole banter that goes on around it of thinking that I shouldn't be upset, that I should stop being upset, that there's something wrong with me because I'm upset. Right? Mm -hmm. Opposed to just, I'm upset. Doesn't, I'm just upset. And asking, do you, do you think asking why I'm upset is, is any significant or should we not even think about that? Well, for me, not in that moment. Not what does it matter moment. why you're upset? Mm -hmm. Right, just the more that you're thinking about trying to not be upset, any more than you're trying to not think of a pink elephant, you continue to think about being upset more. Mm -hmm. Or thinking, oh, I'm upset. I said, oh, I took a breath. Why? I'm living still, you know, why should I, I should carry on with my energies, you know, how does, how do we let emotions come and go, how do we let, because you said we shouldn't focus on emotions, we shouldn't think they're bad or, you know, necessary, because they have their purpose, mm -hmm. um, how do we let them go, just go in and out, how do we do that? Well, you just mentioned it, acknowledging it, Yeah. right now, I feel blank, mm -hmm. right now, Okay. opposed to, because, you know, you see somebody and they say, I, I feel mad. 
and they're just all day. I feel mad. My whole day is mad. Mm -hmm. I'm mad. Hi, I'm mad. Mm -hmm. Or like I'm having a bad day. Mm -hmm. They're having a moment. Mm -hmm. Like what constitutes as, as a whole bad day? Exactly. I mean, it would have to be a lot of stuff for the whole day. I'm sure we could find. So I would say, so like, just tell me something that's gone okay. I mean, you're here right now. Mm -hmm. Some something ha happened okay. Yeah, there are people across the world really having a bad day. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, but hey, you had one bad morning. Somebody cut you off. Right. So that's about perspective. Yeah. Because you only know what you know. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're always more fortunate than. But that's the glass empty or the glass the glass half full. Correct. The glass empty is glass half. So do you believe that there's a balance between looking at the empty version, empty part of the glass, and looking at the full version? I mean, the half full version. The glass because some people say well i need to focus on the glass is half full mm. that's the pessimism i, I mean the optimistic, the optimistic. mindset oh. and some people are like i need to look at it as half empty only right that's the pessimistic aspect is it is it better for us to have the both aspects of well it is half full you know it is this is positive view but it could also be half empty because there's also a negative so how important is balancing the positive and negative influences in our life? Well, what I know is if I have two plants yeah. in my hand, mm -hmm. and I have one plant that looks like it is completely, doesn't have a prayer. Yes. And then I have another plant that seems that it has a chance, and I only have this much water. Mm -hmm. Where would I put the water? The one that's... Has a chance of making it. Yes. So wherever I put my energy is where my energy grows. So if I'm focusing on the glass that's half empty, then all my energy is going and then the half empty glass just mm -hmm. got three quarters of mm -hmm. the way yeah. empty. Mm -hmm. And then I have a whole empty glass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I'm focusing on the glass that's full, it's mm -hmm. just filling and magnifying. So where we put our energy is where it grows. So often people are spending a lot of time looking at what's not working yeah i'm proposing let's work on what is working mm -hmm. you know people come to me all the time and i think it's so amazing to me how coaches still continue to ask so what did you do wrong there i want to hear so what did you do right there what what yeah. did you do well so that we can keep focusing on that because i don't know about you but when i wake up and things are going okay and then I'm willing to do more stuff. Yes. But if I wake up and the toothpaste gets spilled and all we do is talk about the toothpaste spilling, mm -hmm. then it does feel like an awful morning. Yeah. So I want to move ahead to what is working. And when something is working and I'm focusing on it, the other things that aren't as strong just kind of file suit mm -hmm. and rise up with me. So I believe that there's a certain duality about life and that we lose and we gain, we, we know, we, we learn throughout all, throughout all those things. Um, so how do we begin to not only make the shift in perspective, but make a shift in learning, learning ourselves, learning more, you know, knowledge to help us grow, personally develop. Um, what are some advice that can you give to people to, to start to grow their minds and grow their consciousness, grow uh, their idea of their own mental psychology their psychology well if they're watching this right now yes. and even listening to this we already know that that's happening for them because they're listening and they're open to the idea 
So we can't make anybody do anything, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking anybody who's watching this is already farther along in that process than they even realize. Mm. Right? So anybody you're talking with yes. is already there. Mm. If they're engaged and they're willing to have a conversation with you via in this kind of way yes. or in any context, they're hearing what they're saying and they're feeding that energy from you. So congratulations, you're already getting that done. All right, awesome. <laughs> So our generation, you know, this is the generation that I'm part of, the millennial generation, uh, a consistent reoccurrence and thing that I notice is that we're very anxious. We're very, we look at our friends' situations and we compare ourselves to other people. We believe we should be farther than we are. Um, we deal with depression, addiction. We have, a lot of us sometimes, we're, he we're, we're healthier, we're, we're healthy. A lot of us are pretty we're active. But at the same time, a lot of us are not. Mm -hmm. um, what steps are you taking into impacting the, that, that generation? Well, I think first and foremost is uh, creating some guidelines and boundaries in a sense around technology. Yes. I think that's a key player that's going on right now. Um, we're just so involved externally, outside of ourselves, opposed mm -hmm. to internally. Mm -hmm. I feel that we're going through the motions yeah. of doing it. Like you're describing, we're more health conscious and have this idea around being growing wellness mm -hmm. and prosperity. But what's going on in between is really confusing. Yeah. You know, I think of how many people come to me and tell me they have difficulty staying focused and how many, there's such an increase of attention deficit disorder. Yeah. But then I look at the way that social media and technology is literally training us to multitask. Yeah. So our ability to stay focused is diminishing. You get on your computer and you're not just doing one thing. You're in five windows. Mm -hmm. You're on your phone. It's not even as if you're just texting. If you go on a social media app, there's pop-ups and flashes and you're being required, demanded, asked to do multiple things in one mm -hmm. viewing. Yeah. So our minds are being reprogrammed, pre-programmed to do things mm -hmm. in a different manner. Mm -hmm. Look at um, kids don't write cursive anymore. No. So taking the skill of sitting and, and writing. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I even noticed it in myself. I would go to text something and yeah. I'm like a wizard. If I go to sit down and write a greeting card, mm -hmm. there's a slowness in it. Mind has to catch up with my hand. So it's no wonder that there's a difficulty staying focused mm -hmm. and being deliberate and having intentionality around the things that we're doing because we're being programmed to do multiple things at a time. Mm -hmm. Also leading with our perceptions of self mm -hmm. and the ideas outside of ourself of getting on social media and he's seeing, I mean, everybody's been trying to keep up with the Joneses since the beginning of time. Yes. It's just been doing it in different capacities yeah. and now it's just in mass. It's exemplified. And before you go into the idea, and I want you to continue it, some of my friends have gotten to me like I had to get off social media because I, I'm, I'm, I feel depressed about my life because I see other people enjoying. Yes. So what, what's the purpose? What's the psychological purpose of that, reason for that? Of the social media? No. Uh, or uh, that they're feeling uh, like that? Yeah. Why, why do people feel that way? Because they're normal. That would make sense to me. Yeah. I think, <laughs> right? I think we're finding so many reasons of like, what's wrong with us for feeling that. Well, that's exactly what the million billion dollar industry wanted to happen. 
And when you're feeling that drawn to it, then you're going to keep doing it. They're, the industry lures on our senses and our subconscious and our unconscious. They're tapping into it. Yeah. You put, I mean, think even if you go back to when you were a kid and you went to the movies and you're sitting at the movies and all of a sudden you're into the scene and you're having a yeah. good time and the next thing you know you're like, <gasps> you're startled because there's this music in the background. Yeah. That's a message, a subliminal message that's at a level of consciousness that you're not aware of. And that's what's going on when we are on social media and when we are using technology. There are so many inserts and things that are going on in so many layers. It's so multifaceted and multi-sensory mm -hmm. of what's going on. So when someone comes and says, man, I feel so bummed because yeah. everybody else's mm -hmm. life looks this way on Facebook. Yeah. It's like we should just call somebody and congratulate them on yeah. their wonderful job of yeah. media because the way that we do that now is then we go buy something. Yeah. Or we go find a quick fix. Mm -hmm. Or we go to a party or get some alcohol or whatever, yes. sex. Yes. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the whole industry, though, is preying on that. Yeah. Because isn't that, doesn't sex sell? Doesn't alcohol sell? Yeah. Doesn't all of that is about if you feel sad or lonely, uh -huh. you'll see commercials yeah. for alcohol because everybody's at a party. Yeah. But you'll also, there's a message of when you're sad and you're alone and you're, and you're doing it by yourself. I think they should have the Super Bowl commercials of people just all lonely and staggering the streets yeah. in depression after drinking some alcohol. But the whole idea of it gets made to us that it's it's a positive and it's uplifting. Yeah. And it's not. It's like our ideals and idols also come from media. You know, it's like you watch a movie, right? And you see how the socially constructed environment and that and that scene and that movie and how they react to each other. And then you find yourself reenacting that in real life subconsciously. Correct. You're just like, you don't even know why you're saying or responding or mm -hmm. judging that person Correct. or having that predetermined idea of how this person is going to be. Like, oh, this Chinese person must eat bugs. Like, mm -hmm. this is, I'm just saying that because it's, I do not believe that. It's not my concept. <laughs> This is just the first thing that came to my mind of like something you saw on TV. And, and, and so at how, some how, point how, you were yeah. exposed to it and that's what came to mind for you. <laughs> I don't know why that came to You're mind. Chinese people eating bugs. I don't know, but yeah, so that's just, so you said something that you want to use media to promote, you know, getting unstuck. You know, you want to use it for positivity. So what is all roles, me and you, people in the health industry, what is all roles to bring out this, these, this positivity through the media so that we can add into the brain, not add, we can't add, but we can sing out signals so that people can pick up to then build better ideals and ideas about themselves. Well, I, what we're doing is just talking yeah. and communicating and connection mm -hmm. is so important. Even how you and I are sitting and we're right close next to each other and a lot of things that are going on, people are so far apart from each other. Yeah. And there's that disconnection and touch and lacking understanding in our, in our social technological worlds. We're very far apart, although technology can be used as a way of increasing education and doing it from afar, mm -hmm. it, we're losing our, our human connection. So to me, to get to sit one-on-one -on -one with somebody mm -hmm. is so nice yeah. versus on the computer or doing it through a live stream. Yeah. This is, this is the real deal. Yeah. This is how it's done and it not being calculated. Mm -hmm. So the more that we're being raw and open yeah. and vulnerable, mm -hmm. And saying, yeah, this is what happens 
but it's okay that it's happening. It's all right is sending a message to our youth and beyond everybody that like it's okay okay. because we've gotten these messages that things are not okay and Mm -hmm. it has to be a certain it has to look a certain way and act a certain way and there's these preconceptions that have have happened and that's where that stuckness is Mm -hmm. so my job is to let people know that there's other ways that their mind can think of things and make that shift for them you know I find it interesting as a psychologist in the health field I'm the only person that says things like they are stuck or they're being resistant if you went to get a massage could you imagine going back again if the person made you rub your own back yeah not at all or you wouldn't go to a doctor and them say to you I need you to come up with your treatment plan and diagnose yourself they do it for you. So one of the best parts I love about being a clinical psychologist is when they say, Dr. Dara, I I just can't get this thing done, is for me to say, I'm gonna get it done for you. I'm gonna do that. It's my responsibility, and if it doesn't happen in our session, then I lack the skill to get that done for you. And just that in itself is taking the responsibility off of of people, because it can even be a confusing message sometimes as a psychologist, but for people, because they come for help, and the message is, well, I'm going to need to see you every single week. Yeah. And if you're in the public, that feels like I am so broken, and what is wrong with me? So I'm all about making that shift and doing it in a way that's painless and effective in a short period of time so that people can go and do the things that they want to be doing. And that's the message that you're putting out there, we're putting out there, yes. is that change is possible. Change, change is possible. Get that shift done. That's great. Shift happens. Shift happens. <laughs> so as we you know, soon to conclude, what are some shifts that you've seen people made um, within, I mean, after they came to your practice within their lives? Can you tell us some great success stories? Oh gosh, I get a little excited talking about this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've seen people come in and have had multiple traumas, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and within a couple hours of hanging out together, they're able to retell their story without feeling emotional connection. And they can go and just talk about it like it's a, a commercial. You know, um, I've seen athletes come in and have stucknesses, and, have difficulty with specific parts of skaters not able to do their double axles and within a matter of moments that shift of perspective changing and them getting out there and and doing it yeah Uh, people having stuckness around weight loss trying using these great trainers but there's been this traumatic thing that has been stuck for them in the way that mind had been thinking about things and once that was cleared out they were able to achieve the weight loss that they were meant to do. Mm -hmm. Um, People with difficulty sleeping, getting stuck. Uh, Salespeople feeling that they can't get and do a sale and feeling fear around public speaking and then getting out there because they realize it's not their fear of public speaking they have, it's their fear of public not speaking. That was getting public stuck rejection. with them. <laughs> right. It's the one thing. They're saying one thing, but that's not what they're meaning. I mean, why would they be in sales? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I have a pleasure on a daily basis of seeing rapid transformation and, and shift for people. Mm-hmm. So, But you don't have to tell us the secret, but what is your process of doing that? 
like do you do you first the person comes or do you, I mean what is the process and the quick little bullet points that you do well number one is you're creating connection yeah. with somebody you're connecting with them and they're feeling understood and feeling like you're really getting the heart of what's been going on from them and it's not because I'm asking a lot of questions about what's happening often I'm asking minimal information just a headliner of how things have been for them but them feeling that you've got it and offering them a way that mind thinks about things mm -hmm. letting them know that it's not what's been going on for them it's the way that their mind has been reading information creating that aha like wow well that makes sense so it's not that something is wrong with me it's that something is right with me i'm feeling nervous because i'm excited i'm feeling nervous because i like what i'm doing mm -hmm. i'm feeling nervous because i care about what i'm doing so i've been thinking wrong about what's going right with me yeah i like that <laughs> i like that a lot so shifting that around and then where they've been feeling stuck and mind has been unconsciously having that stuckness, making that shift for them. So I believe that there's little T's and big T's, yes. right? I don't throw around the word trauma mm -hmm. lightly, yeah. but we all have different perceptions of something that's gone on. And yes. you and I like went out in the parking lot and we saw this thing that happened with these cars and one of us doesn't even think about it twice and the other is feeling preoccupied by it, right? So mind is reading data information that went on around it. Mm -hmm. So we shift that and then the both of us are not thinking about it in any other way than it was two cars that collided and it couldn't have been any other way. It didn't have anything to do with us. Nothing could have been done differently. It just is what it is. Yes. And then there's like a good day. So how do we have better days? You know, how do we have a fulfilling life? Feeling that Every day we're waking up is awesome, it's great. How do we have that sense of energy, sense of enthusiasm towards life? I think it's gonna be bio-individuality that's gonna work differently for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's why there's so many different philosophies and people and voices, because everybody's gonna connect with something that's different. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, I think it's focusing on what is working and mm -hmm. The fact that you're sitting with us right now mm -hmm. and listening to us lets me know that you are even farther ahead of this process we called life than you are even thinking that you are because where we get stuck is thinking that we could be doing it differently or be ahead of it even more than we are. So where you are right now is exactly where you need to be. Dr. Dara Bushman, amazing conversation, amazing having you here. You're such great insight, such great knowledge, such great wisdom. How can someone watching here today that clicked with you, how can they get in contact with you to take advantage of the shift that you're going to help them make? Um, well, you can go to my website. It's drdara.com. Mm -hmm. You can Facebook me, Dr. Dara Bushman, mm -hmm. or Instagram, mm -hmm. Twitter. Again, it's Dr. Dara or Dr. Dara Bushman. And I will look forward to connecting with some new people. All right. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank I you. really appreciate you. And keep doing what you're doing for the world because we've gotten in a, in a we've gotten in an area of our lives in the current worldly plane that we figure a lot of financial things. We figure out a lot of techno te technology. There's a lot more opportunities. But the one thing that we need to start focusing on now is 
the spiritual harmony, the harmony of our minds, of our souls, between us and people around us, and of the relationships that we have with other people. And like she said, connecting, you know? We are interconnected, but we're not interconnected. So how do we get, how do we get that inner connection? So I believe that in the future, the best professions are gonna be people who help people with their inner selves. And that's the new era. We've had all types of ages, and I think we're gonna have the conscious, the spiritual awakening or the conscious awakening era. So thank you for your contribution to the world. Thank you. And thank you for watching this show. The Unlimited Power Show features on YouTube, Owl TV, and various other platforms such as Facebook, IGTV, to inspire, motivate, and uplift you to live a holistic life. That's the mind, body, nutrition, spiritual, financial, emotional, holistic. And I want to remind you that you have the unlimited power to achieve whatever it is that you want. But until you believe that, the world will forever miss your talents, your gifts, and all the great things that you have to offer. So let your light shine. Don't hide it. Don't dim it. Thank you. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this video. I want to remind you that you have unlimited power within you to achieve whatever it is that you want and to construct the person you want to be. But first, you must believe it in order to achieve it. And until that happens, the world will forever miss your talents, your gifts, and all the great things that you have to offer. So let your light shine, don't hide it, don't dim it. Thank you. Find Ed Talks Daily on your favorite podcast app and be sure to leave your thoughts in the form of review. Until next time, remain in your unlimited power.